Yeah, so last week we started this conversation, right, about missing something. About this idea that for all of us in our lives, you know, when, the, when your phone runs out of battery and, you know, the power goes out and you lost your Netflix password and you can't watch it anymore and you can't distract yourself anymore and you get by yourself and you go, something's missing in my life. You feel this kind of deep-seated hunger and something that's missing in your life. You're like, what is it? And that's the question we asked. And last week, we, we started talking about this and how this is a basic, there's some basic longings in every person's life. doesn't matter how young or old you are, you have them. And last week, we talked about, we started by talking about the longing for belonging, that every single one of us longs to belong. What we celebrated at communion this morning, that you long to have a place where you don't feel inadequate or unaccepted, you feel this perfect love that Jesus offers us. And that's the invitation of Christ. But there are two other longings that we want to talk about too during this series, and this week we're going to tackle meaning. That this is this great longing that we have in our life. And next week we're going to talk about freedom. And actually I think, and this is I think freedom is where things for us in the West go wrong because we celebrate personal freedom so much that we think, you know, if I just had more, if I just got more, if I just expressed myself more, then I'd be fulfilled. And yet the whole idea of that, even though we're like, yeah, that, that does sound familiar, it doesn't work, right? We have more anxiety and depression and more unfulfilledness than we've ever had. We're more aware of it than ever because we pursued only freedom. We'll talk about that next week. But this week, we're going to talk about meaning. What is meaning? Meaning is this thing that I think helps us flourish. And I think, so a lot of times when you ask people, like, what do you love about church, for example, they'll say, well, I love Daybreak because I feel like it's a place to belong. I'm like, that's super cool, but you know that's not enough. Like, there's, you can belong, right? You can have a great place to belong and feel accepted and do life together and still, right, still ask this question deep down in you, right, of like, what does it all mean, right? How do I flourish? How do I live a life that I can be like, man, I know that my life is making a difference. I know, right? Have you ever asked this question? Like, does what I'm doing, is the direction of my life, is what I'm pouring energy into, does it really matter? What's the change? What's, what's the impact of it? I mean, if I, asked, you know, if I asked you this morning to describe um, what's, what makes your life deeply meaningful, like if I asked you just even to describe, maybe even back up a little further, if I asked you just to describe your life, I said, hey, just describe to me your life for a moment. Would you say, would your answer be, my life is deeply meaningful. I have such a deep-seated understanding of the purpose of my life. Would you answer that way? Because I think we all ask the question, what's missing? Why am I here? What's the purpose? Would you be able to answer that? But you want to, don't you? And I think one of the biggest barriers in our life, in our culture, right, is the entire premise that of our thinking in the West. And, and this is the general critique of Western thinking from around the world. I was listening to a great podcast the other week was talking about Western thought and thought from around the world and what's different. And it was so interesting because they said basically the general critique of Western thought is this. It has little to offer in terms of meaning and purpose. It gives very little to the meaning and purpose because the general evolutionary theory that has been accepted as a way of life, is more than just a theory and a science. 
It is a philosophy of living that says you are this glorious accident of Darwinism where you came into being and it really has nothing to offer in terms of saying like, hey, there is a purpose to your life because in the end, it's just the end. You showed up by accident and you leave. And so the, the, isn't the general feeling of our culture extract as much pleasure, right, as you can from this life because, you know, you might as well just feel good and have sex and do whatever, get money and go on vacation and just do whatever you want. Because in the end, it's just the end. There's no real underlying meaning or purpose to any of it. And yet, I think at the bottom of every person, even if you accept that as a philosophy of life, you came here this morning like, well, that is kind of like, isn't that the way it goes? Like, even though you, you showed up here this morning because down in the bottom of this, your being and your soul is this ache something greater than that that life might have meaning and purpose that it might go beyond just what there is there's this sweet and bitter and this impossible to fill empty spot and then that's why i think most of us like many of us like we'll seek meaning in a cause right we're like hey let me let me jump into that cause let me go after it or or we'll we'll throw ourselves into our family and say i'm going to raise the most amazing kids you've ever Scene, or we or we throw ourselves into our career and we say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build this great career, or, or we throw ourselves into our reputation and we say, Man, I just want to have a great reputation. But here's this kind of the the end of that, really, when it comes down to it. You can do all those things, and um, it's a bit of a spoiler alert, but pursue them all you want, none of them will ever really satisfy. And I say that from my own experience of pursuing many, many, many things and realizing that they never satisfy if they don't do beyond my life. If it all is all about me, if it's all just, and this is the thing, right, and this is what our culture is about, self-actualization, self-fulfillment. If you go find your own purpose to self-fulfill, do that thing that really makes you happy, do whatever, and self-fulfillment is an end unto itself and still will not satisfy the deepest long in your life. Now, the reason we know this is because there's been studies about this. In fact, one of, the, one of the great writings about this comes from Viktor Frankl's book in Man's Search for Meaning. When he did a study and he interviewed people who had been through concentration camps in World War II. And what he found was surprising. Because when he interviewed them, these people had been through terrible times, right? The concentration camps were all about stripping people's hope away and their dignity away and everything from them. And what he found was it wasn't, you know, surprisingly, the people who survived were not the people who were most well-fed. They weren't the people who were strongest. They weren't the people who felt like they belonged to someplace. It wasn't, wasn't just that they were healthy. It was that they had a deeper purpose and a sense of meaning that was grander than themselves and bigger than just that time in that camp that kept them going. That's what gave them hope. That's what got them through. That's what changed, and that's what every human needs is a sense, right, that we are part of a bigger story, that your life matters, that there's something about your life that's going to make this grander impact that maybe you even know. Can you imagine that? That it's not just about you, that there's more to it than just you. And what I believe, because of what I've personally experienced, is that that's what Jesus came to do. He came to help us know that we belong, but he also came to fill this basic need of meaning, to help us understand, to teach us, to show us 
to invite us about this great, to, in the story of God, this great love story of God that says, there is something grander that I've invited you to that spans generations, that leads to eternity, that changes people's lives in the here and now. And so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to jump into one of my favorite passages because it was a passage that changed trajectory in my own life. As I heard it and went, I want that. I want to answer this question, but I want to answer it the way Jesus invited me to answer it. And so that's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to spend our time in Luke chapter 5. If you want to open your Bible or your Bible app, you can also find it inside this little scoop inside your program guide. There's an outline in there if you want to follow along this morning. But we're going to spend our time in Luke chapter 5, understanding what was Jesus doing? What, was, what is the invitation of Christ to us to help us discover meaning? Now, before we start reading, I want you to understand a little bit about this passage, the context of it. Jesus, when he shows up in this moment, and it's going to be a moment where Peter, James, and John, some of his closest friends, some of the people who would follow and be most dedicated to Jesus, he shows up in their lives, and this is, and often I think people read this passage, they think this is like the first time they've met. But actually, Jesus had been doing ministry in that area for some time, and these guys may have actually shown up when John the Baptist actually baptized Jesus in this miraculous moment where the crowd heard God say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Right? Like they, they had seen the miraculous. They had seen John that everyone respected say, I'm not even worthy to tie this man's shoelaces. I can't even like, I just, he is, he is the one, the Messiah. They were there when Jesus cast out a demon who was proclaiming, I know who you are, Holy One of God. And he told him, he must, he told the demon to shut his mouth and to come out. He was there when he came over to Simon Peter's house and, and his, Simon Peter's mother-in-law was sick. And they were worried. And Jesus touched her and healed her. And they had dinner. And then people in droves came to that house to be healed, and he healed them. And people came in droves, people who were, who were possessed, and he, he cast the demons out, like, over and over. And so Peter was there. He was seeing all of this happen. And that's where we jump in in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. That's what we know has happened so far. This is what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, the crowds pressed in on him. So he's up against the water, and the crowds keep moving closer. You know, they're trying to hear. Everybody's pressing in on him, and they're trying to hear and listen to the word of God. And he noticed that there were two empty boats by the water's edge. For fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets, right? Why do fishermen wash their nets in the morning? Because they'd been out all night fishing. And so they had pulled their boats in, and they were done. And stepping into one of the boats, who is there but Simon Peter? It's his boat. And he steps into the boat, and he says, Simon Peter, I want you to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat. And he taught the crowds from there. Right? In this, in this one passage, right, it's like we, this is the thing, and this is like Simon Peter's life, right? Simon Peter's, what's he doing? He's just doing his job. You know, he got up, he went to work, 
he did his thing, like, sure, Jesus has done all these things, that's, that's great, Jesus, but I have this job to do, I've got to support my family, I'm showing up at work. So Jesus is just, Peter's just doing his thing. He's just so happy, he's just doing his thing where Jesus is close by, and Jesus says, I'm going to step into your boat, and this is like our story too, right? We don't always know the impact that our lives are making. We show up in these different places and with our family, and we're just, we just, right, we just float through our circumstances. How often in your life do you just, like, are you, like, you get up and you're intentional, and how often is it just like, you're just kind of floating through life. You're just like, well, life is kind of happening to you. Well, you don't really know how all that's happening, but you're just, like, tired, and you're just, you're just going through life. How many times often does it, do we lack the ability, right, to connect our efforts, what our energy is, what our, we're giving our life to, to a mission that is so much greater than us, to an impact that we would be able to go, yes. But tomorrow morning, you get up, and you go to work, and you sing the little hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work I go, right? Because you know you got another eight hours to put in. You know, it's a good week if there's a payday, if there's a paycheck. It's a bad week if it's not. And that's it. You come home, and then you're like, boy, I mean, all you do all week is look forward to Saturday. How often is it that we just miss this, you know? And I think in our, in our world, right, we, 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 we try to find meaning. We try to find it, like, in our income. Like, man, if I just, if I just make this money, you know, and then someday, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire early, and that's going to be really meaningful because then I can go on vacation, you know? But here's the thing, right? You go on vacation, and you, you know this, right? Eventually, you have to come home, right? Eventually, you got to go back to work. Eventually, you got to face the problems you left behind. doesn't matter how big of a house you buy. You can love that house. You can love everything about it. But eventually, you got to come out the front door, and you got to face the world again. you got to go, what is the purpose of my life? You know, you might pour it all into raising your children and be like, man, I'm just, my whole purpose is to raise my children, but eventually, and here's again, here's just the reality, right? Eventually, your kids get old enough that they leave the house, and they're like, I don't need you anymore, and suddenly, you're like, what did all this mean? I mean, you might be distracting yourself right now, but eventually, they're going to be like, ah, we don't, we don't really need you anymore, mom and dad. We don't even need your advice. We're, we're doing fairly well, and you're like, what is the purpose then? What meaning do I have? And this is the question that we come back to. This is why I think when Jesus gets into this boat, this is a big moment for Peter. Because on that day that he gets into the boat, you know, and Peter, he asks Peter, you know, why don't you, can I get in? Can I teach from here? Jesus and Peter have this intersection in their life, and Peter recognizes it. It's not just like, hey, Jesus is saying, hey, can I get in your boat? He's saying, like, there's something about to happen here, and Peter senses it, and he says, yeah, because I think Peter's a little bit like us, right? He's, Peter's running tired. He's, he's tired of running in the same old ruts day after day. He's showing up, he's providing for his family, but he's asking the same question, why am I here? What am I here for? I can grow this business, I can get a lot of boats, I can, I can be the best fisherman, but what would it all mean? What significance would it really have in, my, in the overall overarching theme? When I'm gone, will it matter? I think that's why the crowds show up in droves. I think that's why Jesus is pressed 
to the water because the crowds show up in droves to hear the words of Jesus because they are the words of life that tell people a little bit about belonging and about meaning for their life. It's like Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to understand the incredible part that you play in the story that God is writing. And here's the thing, the basic longing that we all have for meaning in our lives and the search for meaning always leads us to God. That's just the reality for our lives. I believe that this is always true, that the search for meaning in our lives always leads us to God, to the story that he wants to write. Because apart from God, listen, apart from God is only self-fulfillment and self-actualization. That's all you got apart from God. What can I do for me to make me happy? All you have is self-fulfillment apart from God, apart from the greater story of God. You are just a boat floating on anchor. And you felt it, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, I remember feeling it when I was, I was in high school searching for a college, trying to understand what am I going to do with my life, right? What, what career is going to bring me purpose? Like, oh, I'm going to choose that because I like to do that, but in the midst of it is all the confusion of like, but what difference will it make? It doesn't matter whether you're in midlife and you're asking the big questions of like looking back over your shoulder saying, what have I accomplished? What does it mean? We all ask it. And if your answer is self-fulfillment, if your answer is, look, I did the things that helped me enjoy my life. I lived my best life, right? I mean, this is the problem with that phrase in our culture. It's centered on self-fulfillment and self-fulfillment will never be enough. It will still leave you asking the same question. It will still leave you with this deep down, honest, you know, the nothing, like you're, you can't get distracted, you can't be with your friends, and down deep there's still this emptiness. What does it mean? And we feel it, and we're familiar with it. And this morning maybe you show up here and you're like, you're honest, you're like, you know, I'm familiar with the teachings of Jesus. I even know a lot of things about Jesus, but I don't know if I know what it means in my relationship with Jesus to the story that God wants to write with my life, to the great impact that he wants to have on the world with your life, in your everyday life that you think you just keep showing up and running in the ruts, and God's like, no, there's so much more. I've got so much more for you. This is the good news. Jesus knows. He knows why you're here. He knows why he made you. He knows the very purpose of your life. And he wants to do for you what he did for Peter. In verse 4, it says, when, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, he said, now I want you to go out where it's deeper. I want you to go out into some deeper waters. I want you to let down your nets and catch some fish. Now, here's the thing. If you're Peter, or maybe if you're a fisherman, you kind of know this too, right? Best time to fish is not the middle of the day in the middle of the lake. That was certainly true of the Sea of Galilee. Every fisherman knew you fished at night, you fished in the shallows, you caught fish. He never caught fish. And so Peter is doing what we all do when we hear someone talk about this. We feel a little resistance on the inside, and we're like, hey, preacher man, good story. Kind of moving, but you don't understand my life. You don't get it. You don't know what's going on in my life. You, don't, you, you clearly don't know how this really works. Because 
It doesn't make sense to me. God can't use me where I am, not in my job, not with my boss, not with those people I work with. God can't use me to, to be, I'm not that person who helps people find Jesus. I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to make this big impact. You don't understand. I don't get up and talk in front of people like you do. So what, what is my life like? Peter's just a fisherman. What's he have to give? What changes could he really make to the world? He's, he's not got an education. He's not part of any specific order. Nobody really cares about him. He's kind of an outcast. Maybe he can do some things in business. And Jesus says, Peter, will you gather up your nets and you push out deeper? And here's the thing. This is what's crazy. Is Peter says, okay. It doesn't make any sense to me, Jesus. But I got the sense that you know something I don't know. And I think that's what Jesus wants to say to every one of you this morning. Will you push out in some deeper waters? You settled in a little bit too much in your life. You've been a little too comfortable. Will you push out into some deeper waters? You've been focused on yourself a little bit. You've been, you've been trying to find the answer to this question, but what you really need to do is push out into some deeper waters places where it doesn't make sense, it's not comfortable. You arrived this morning and you've been surviving life, you've been moving from one fleeting moment to the next. This morning, I think what Jesus might want to say to you is, will you push out into some deeper waters, step into your boat, or he might say, will you take a chance? Will you take the chance that Peter took? I know it doesn't make sense to you, I know you're a little afraid, I know you might be like, I don't know if this even makes sense, I don't know what it looks like. Jesus, you, you, I, just, I don't even know what to say. We take a chance. Like Peter does. Verse 5, he says, Peter says, Master. In other words, he recognizes it's a way of Peter saying, Jesus, I know you're smarter than me. I know you got something I don't have. I know that you see things I don't see. I know you can do things I can't do. Master, what you don't understand, Peter says, is that we worked hard all last night. There are no fish right now. They're not biting. So pushing out into the deeper waters, getting uncomfortable, going out in the middle of the day, that makes no sense. It's not going to come together. Jesus, you just don't understand. And we, we, I already put everything in that I could, and it, it didn't work. Jesus says, will you push out in the deeper waters? And Peter says, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. But if you say so, I will. Hey, Peter, I want you to do something for me. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but if you say so, I will. This phrase, because you say so, I will, will change your life. Over and over and over again. It has mine. Over and over when Jesus said, listen, will you push out? Will you take a chance? Will you allow, will you allow me, Sean, will you allow me to take something that's ordinary and make it glorious? And I go, I don't know if it's even possible, but because you say so, I will. She's saying this to you. Will you push outside your comfort zone? Will you get uncomfortable? Will you step out like Peter did? Will you, will you let the miraculous power of God to be in your life and to work through you and you're like, I'm kind of ordinary. I don't know if it's possible. 
but because you say so, I will. You had a conversation with God like that, you know? God, you want me to, you want me to forgive them? You don't know what they did to hurt me. I don't want to do that. But because you say so, I will. God, you want me to go on that missions trip? You want me to, how am I going to raise all that money? And if I raise all that money, like, and then I go someplace where it's comfortable, I don't know what kind of food they're going to have. I don't know, it could, it, I don't know what kind of accommodations they are. There's just too much unknown, God. But because you say so, I will. Uh, you, want, you want me to pray for that friend at work who is hurting? You want me to offer them to pray for them? God, I don't even know if they know you. I don't know if they want, I don't know if they even like that. But because you say so, I will. See, these are the moments of miracles in your life. These are the moments that you experience God when you said, because you say so, I will. And it always sounds strange when the Lord leads you to a new place. It always sounds like something you don't want to do because he's, he's saying, when you go out into the deeper waters, and you're like, I don't want to go out in the deeper waters. I, I think I'll stand here where I know I can swim, where I know it's safe. And he says, no, there's so much more for you. God always starts small. You know, often he's just like, well, you just take, can I just take your everyday life, your, 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 your going to work life, your, your family life? Can I just, can I do something miraculous there? Can you trust me with it? Can you ask me for it? Can you trust me? And you go, oh, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like something big, like, hey, there's that person, you're sitting in the coffee shop, and you see them across, you can see that they look distraught, and the Lord's Spirit's like, go talk to them, and you're like, I don't know. You know how many times, like, I felt like, I, I don't know, and I'm saying no. And then other times where I've said, because you say so, I will. Man, what God does in those moments is miraculous because you say it, you do it. And sometimes it is big, right? Sometimes it's unfeelable. It is big, like change your career, like follow me. But it starts with a small invitation of can you be a part of a grander story that I'm writing with your life that you can't even imagine, and it's never too late, and it's never too early for God to use you. This little phrase has the power of change in it. It's been a part of our story at Daybreak. I actually, I love our story at Daybreak because this is our story. When we planted Daybreak back in 1999, right? Like 60 adults, children, teenagers, dogs, and cats, right? We, we got together and we said, you know what? We're going to hire two pastors and we're going to rent a little plaza down on State Street in Mechanicsburg, that everyone's going to go, that's a church? Yeah, we're going to do that because the Lord asked us to, not because it makes sense, not because we're smart, probably most people said you're not so smart for doing that, but because you say so, Lord, we will. Some of you are here because of that, right? You found Jesus, you found a place to belong, your life is being changed because of that. In 2010, when we launched this campus, in the basement of a hotel when I'd get up to preach with beer stains on my knees and people were like, you're crazy for doing that. that the whole idea of setting up and tearing down church, like, and I don't know what, like, because you say so, Lord, we will. And some of you are here in this place and soon in some other place because your life was changed because someone said, because you say so, Lord, I will, I will push out into deeper 
waters. Verse 6, at this time their nets were so full. This is what happens, like they push out deeper waters. They're like, that doesn't make sense. We've worked all night. And they push out deeper waters. They put down their nets. And at this time their nets were so full of fish, the nets began to tear. And I get a picture of this, right? These nets were made for a lot of fish. There's so many fish in it that the nets begin to tear. And a shout for help was brought by their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of, on the verge of sinking, they had caught nothing. Their life was, was like at the bottom. There was emptiness. They were like, I can't do this. And the Lord showed up, and all they said was, because you say so, I will. And now their boats are sinking with fish, and there's such fruit in their lives. And when Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he has this moment when he realizes that the living Christ has, is involved in his life, has always wanted to be, and he is in the presence of God himself. This is a God moment for Peter. And he says, oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man because he is awestruck. There have been awestruck where you're like, Lord, I, I can't believe that you just used me in this way. I can't believe that you could take this ordinary person with that terrible past or this ordinary person with whatever kind of past or I can't believe that you would use me to do that. I can't believe that I'm engaged in this moment where God himself is present. Have you had one of those moments? And if you hadn't had one of those moments, is it because when you hear the words, push out of the deeper waters, you just haven't said yet because you say so, I will. And can you imagine what would happen if you did? Because when we say yes to Jesus, all the answers that we need and meaning are found because we find meaning in his mission, in the great story of God, to change people's lives, to change the world one part at a time. So many of us, I think we live, and this is what Peter was doing, he was leaving for survival. And when Jesus came onto his boat, in those few moments of scripture, said, will you leave behind everything you've been living for and you live for me? And Peter fell to his knees and proclaimed him God. Do you know that God has a great adventure waiting for you this morning? Have you felt that stirring inside you where Jesus is saying, will you push out into some deeper waters? Do you feel like you showed up this morning and you've been running in some ruts? You mean like, oh, I'm kind of overwhelmed by life. But you haven't been aware that God has been at work. He's been working the way you can't see him. Even when you can't see him, even when you don't know him, he's still there. He's still at work. And he's inviting you just to, to say, because you say so, I will. There's something bigger, something greater that would give your life such meaning. Listen to the words of Jesus this morning. Because if you're like me in those moments, and sometimes you're like, Jesus, I don't know. In fact, just no. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to take the chance of that. Because you're afraid. Listen to the words of Jesus this morning. He says to Peter, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what God has for you. The adventure is amazing. Don't be afraid that you're not good enough because God already knows who you are and he made you for this and his spirit wants to be in you and work through you and he's going to do that work. Don't be afraid. 
that you're going to leave something behind that you've been working so hard for and that you won't have it anymore because what God has for you is so much greater than anything you've ever had for your life. And he says, listen, he says to Simon Peter, he says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. You have fished for fish. You have made a living. But now it's time for me to change your life. Now it's time for you to have an impact in the world that lasts forever. I remember the first time I really understood this passage when I was in college. And I was at a little evangelical free church, and um, the pastor preached on this exact passage. And they left their nets and they followed him. And I felt the voice of Jesus, the Spirit stirring in me. Sean, will you leave your self-fulfillment stuff? All your dreams, all your desire to have money, all your desire to have this career. Will you just set that all down for a second? Because I want to give you something greater. And I remember standing there as we sang. They sang a song and they invited people to come to the altar. And they could pray. And um, some of you probably know this about me. I'm not an altar coming kind of guy. I know you're like, but you're the preacher. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like the most rebellious. Like Jesus had to really win me over here, right? Like, so we sang, and there was one of those songs. And some of you grew up in a church like this, right? Where you start singing a hymn, and it just—it's like there's like 25 verses, and it's—it's it, you're gonna sing it till somebody comes forward, right? And I don't know how long it was, but it felt like an eternity for me debating with the Lord this phrase, because you say so, I will. And I was like, no. You tell me what you want right here. And he was like, no, you come to the altar, and then we'll talk. And finally, I came to the altar. I knelt down. I said, what do you want from me, Lord? And he said, I want you. Your dreams, your ambitions, I want you. And if you'll give me you, I will hand you back so much more, so much more meaning and story and life. Your life will have purpose always if you'll get serious about this and you'll trust me and you'll surrender to me. I think sometimes we hear this passage and maybe you hear it as like, well, that's for pastors and missionaries. I didn't know what God was asking of me in terms of pastor and missionary. I didn't know any of that. All I knew was God was saying, will you stop pursuing self-fulfillment? Will you stop pursuing your own happiness? Will you pursue me? And I'll change your life. I think that's what he maybe wants for all of us this morning, too, to find meaning in his mission. So here's Peter's story. Can I just give you a glimpse? You know this about Peter? Peter says, because you say so, I will. Peter spent some time with Jesus, three years with Jesus. He comes out the other side, right? And Peter's the one who walks by a man who says, begging and lame, and he says, can you give me silver? And Peter says, I don't have silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. Rise and walk. A lame man can walk. Peter's the one who raises some, a little girl from the dead. Peter's the one who preaches his first sermon. My first sermon was not something people wanted to come back to. Peter's first sermon, right? 5,000 people. 5,000 people say, I want to surrender my life. 5,000 people who shouted, crucify him. They all said, we're in. Because you say so, Lord, I will. So I ask you this morning, what's the deeper waters that God wants in your life. Do you feel him stirring this morning, saying, I want to make more of your life? 
Don't be satisfied with less. Don't just run in the ruts. Don't just live your life. I've got more for you. I've got more for you right where you are. I've got more for you you can't even see. Will you just surrender it to me? Will you trust me? Will you get purpose in your life? Will you just say, because you say so, I will. I want to make a change in the world one heart at a time. And I want to do it through you. I want to do it through you. Can you imagine? Could you imagine with me just that day that you meet Jesus in heaven? And he says, do you remember that day? Do you remember these other days? Can I introduce you to someone who's your life impact? You didn't even know this. You didn't even know what would happen when you touched that life and that life touched that life. Can I show you the outcome of what happened throughout all of eternity? Can I show you the lives that have been changed because you said yes, but you, because you went out into deeper waters? Because when I said, push out, you said, I don't know, but because you say so, I will. Will you bow your heads and pray with me right now? This prayerful moment is Jesus asking you to push out into some deeper waters. Did you show up today? You didn't know when you showed up today that God's Spirit was going to ask you. It's going to point out to you that you've been drifting. You've been living life, and it's a good life. And you've been listening to Jesus, but there's a person, a friend, a neighbor, a family member. There's people at work. There's a workplace that needs a new culture. There's people who need to know Jesus. There's a career move. There's something in your life. And Jesus is saying, will you trust me? Jesus is saying maybe to you this morning, will you trust me enough to give me all of you? All your dreams and ambitions, will you give them over to me so I can make them great? I can make them mean something. What's God's spirit stirring in you this morning? Lord Jesus, Will you do a new work in each of us this morning? Will you help us to push out into some deeper waters of our life? Will you give us courage to go where maybe it doesn't feel like it makes sense? Lord Jesus, will you stir in us this morning? Stir in I just want to pause for a moment and ask maybe there's some of you here this morning maybe there's many of you here this morning that would just say I want to say yes to this push out the deeper waters with Jesus I don't know what it means I don't know specifically what it stirred in me but I want my life to look a lot more like because you say so I will and this morning you would represent that just by standing up where you are and I'll say a prayer over you this morning that you would just stand and say you know what I want to give my life to something. Maybe there's a missions trip you're going on. Maybe there's a next day that you're going to work. Maybe there's someone in your life that you're just going to stand for this morning and say, Jesus, will you use me in their life? Will you use me? That's really the question that you're asking this morning. Jesus, I want to be used by you, and you would just stand this morning right where you are. 
God's been stirring your heart, don't be afraid. Stand up and we pray for you. resist him, don't. Some of you might be sitting there like me, and you're like, Lord, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and you're debating this moment. You just say yes. Yes, Lord. I want to be used by you. I want to push out. I want my life to count. I want to have meaning. Would you stand? Spirit, I pray that you'd come right now for every person standing, for every person even debating, even in this moment, should I? Do I want to trust God this much? I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on them with a particular, special anointing. I pray that in this moment that they don't even know maybe exactly what this means, God, that they would surrender to you and trust you and that they would not be afraid because you're about to do something amazing in their life and through their life. Holy Spirit, come, anoint them, and fill them with your spirit. And whatever grand purpose you have for them, even this week, will you show up, will you help them to see it, step into it, and trust you with it, Lord Jesus. We know that you can, we know that you want to. Will you use us, Lord? Will you do something amazing with these ordinary people standing up today because we surrender our lives to you and we proclaim not because we understand it not because we have it all together but because you say so we trust you Lord because you say so we will thank you Lord Jesus we pray this in your name amen